millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player-signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. Where are our pants? They're down, that's where they are. Just last week, we were striding around, buttoned, zipped and belted. Then Forrest came to town and everyone saw our undies. At least we've still got more dignity than the not-so-mighty Lions of Bermondsey. Welcome to Podcast 47. I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Oddie? Anybody seen Oddie? Last seen on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, Oddie's Is unwell. We are, we are merely yanking your chain. Perhaps a bad choice of words, but Oddie's not very well. Yeah, so we weren't watching him on the toilet when we say he was last seen. <laughs> man down, man down. We'll give a quick ring now. And up again. Yeah, and find and out exa- exactly what's going on with Oddie. Not exactly. Yeah, we don't want all the details. Your call has been forwarded to oh, the Virgin dear. Mobile voicemail service. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished, you may hang up or press 1 to change your message. How how convenient. How convenient that you're not here and your phone's not being answered. Got a pod to do here. <laughs> Alex Bruce doesn't let this kind of thing stop him from going onto the pitch. Disciplinary, Michael's office, Monday. Right, he's gone. Should we get on with the pod then? Might as well. Not sure I can carry on without Oddie. Pray for Oddie. Yeah, <laughs> we've all got our t-shirts on. There's a lot of tweets going around. Issue 8 of our magazine has gone on sale and it's almost sold out. We've got a few copies left uh, for you at the Watford game. That is the one with Neil Warnock on the cover. He's looking fine. We're going to get Issue 9 out for you for the Derby game, which is Easter Monday. Issue nine's going to have lots of really good stuff in it that we haven't determined. Yet to be decided. It's got, No, it's looking, it's shaping up well. So Issue 9, shaping up well, we'll get that out for you. Easter Monday, you can buy that online in digital format or as a paper copy at thesquareball.net. Let us jump straight into white watching now then. Saturday the 17th of March, against table topping almost West Ham at Ellen Road. Big attendance, 33,336. Which they actually announced for the first time in a long time. They actually announced it on 60 minutes, as they always used to, rather than either not mentioning it at all or on 91 minutes having Ben Frago. Uh, 21,000. Bates out! Bates out! <laughs> anyway, we drew one all with West Ham and not a bad performance, all in all. It's, it's right. surely the start of a decent run. I've, I've seen better football in my life. And that's not just about... Neil Warnock's Leeds United when um, Big Fat Sam came strolling out and took his seat in the dugout and he put his two loafer shod feet up on the uh, on the edge and just sat there with his arms folded I thought this isn't going to be a tactical masterclass he basically told them hoof it and then went and just sat down and watched and Warnock had given them similar advice I think to our lot but stood up and at least encouraged them throughout the game to carry on there's a great picture that's been doing the rounds on various internet fora and on Twitter of the tactics board in the dressing room at Ellen Road. Rash, rash, rash. We don't quite <laughs> My favourite bit. You know, what rash, rash, rash means, perhaps his be all over them like a rash would be but the obvious. It was all in our six-yard box, so I'm not sure once they're that. I think uh, that might have just been because that was the bottom of the page. I'm not sure. You think? Yeah, you did have that crunch as if he'd been uh, writing it while he was speaking. I liked him. Don't let Kay Nolan run the referee because I was a little bit concerned at one point when uh, Warnock and Nolan were laughing along as if they were we were very old friends. It was just after O'Day had absolutely clattered George McCartney, for which I was standing and applauding and <laughs> saluting and I was uh, buying a flag and a flagpole to, to raise in his honour. And that caused a bit of a do. And, um, and while McCartney was being um, attended to by some medics who didn't really seem to care about him, Warnock and Nolan were laughing along as if they're all pals, but now I've seen that board, reverse psychology, maybe. He's a master at it, isn't he? Yeah, maybe he's winking, laughing, under his breath, muttering, huge twat. Well, there was a good battle in midfield, wasn't there? Uh, Brown versus Nolan and was Brown. There, was there a midfield in this game? 
thought, they were, so. I thought they were largely bypassed. They um, were just scrapping for most of it, I think. On Brown, he's had a bit of a new lease of life under Warnock. Looks pretty useful in this game. All right. It was a game that suited his style, I dare say. Because he didn't have to pass. Yeah. There was, there, he did one appallingly time tackle, which was quite funny. Well, he does want at least one a game, I think. That's Robinson about. did a couple as well. Was that the one that started the big fight? Yeah. He very optimistically chased after the ball as well and pointed at it. Yeah, I remember and that. I, the, I they, they, well, the ball's there, so the ball had gone completely I may have got to it. <laughs> He'd kicked right and the ball had gone left. And he still pointed to the wall. You know, that's what I meant to do. I preferred Brown in this to, to again, Kay Nolan, who needs to realise he is not Stephen Gerrard and he never will be Stephen Gerrard, no matter how much he kind of pulls these poses after he's shanked the ball into the stands behind the goal. It's not happening. A Scouse accent and um, immoderate concern for Andy Carroll does not make you Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> I wonder if he's still living in his back bedroom and commuting. Who knows? A note on the goals, Luciano Becchio. I love this goal. Very good, wasn't it? Very uh, from two yards. You don't blood get and much thunder, better. Stick your head on the line, all that. Because the ball was bouncing around in the box, and he was only brought it down and kind of passed it out to Snodgrass to have another goal, and ran straight into the six-yard box. And as soon as the ball, it was higher than a mortal man should have been able to <laughs> jump, which is why most of West Ham's defenders were just standing and looking at it. But he rolls like a cruise missile. It was amazing. Heading towards. He, there was nowhere else he was in the going. South Atlantic. Nowhere else he was going than to put his head on that ball over the line. Brilliant goal. Well played, Luciano. At that point, did you think we had it in the bag or did you always fear a late equaliser? For nah, some reason, I, I, thought I, score. I thought they were going to score. I had that feeling. I didn't think it would be this kind of goal because this was very much an old-fashioned Leeds goal, just crap defending from a corner. <laughs> Although I thought, because in the away game, they had the beating of us on every single set piece, so I did actually think that it would be from this sort of thing. Warnock sorted that well. Well, Defence well, is sorted now. Yes, yes. I thought it would well, take something special. Yes, not, just a, not just a run-of-the-mill mm. set-piece routine. Worth mentioning Paul Robinson in this game. For his, you've seen, you've noted down here, getting right stuck in. <laughs> I, I like the particular, his, his, not, it wasn't a dribble-up pitch, it was a tackle. He was just <laughs> kicking it, waiting until it gets to their player, tackle, in. Then next one, tackle. Not interested in keeping it. There was only one worry I had about this. I enjoyed it as much as anybody, but he did that and then he... Did, yeah, he got he, booked. He, he did it like again. He's get sent off. Yeah, and I was like, "This is great, and I love what you're doing, but it's not worth the red card." I've not yet seen him do what looks like a clean tackle. There's <laughs> always a bit of an extra. <laughs> the other thing, I which look, we like in Leeds, we like that. Yeah, the other thing I like, I don't, the, I don't like him banned. I think it might have been one of his tackles when um, they cut to to Big Sam, who would finally got up off of his fat ass and wasn't just resting his feet on the coffee table that is the edge of our dugout. And he was holding a cup of coffee in a plastic cup. He's wearing a brown suit with his tie. I think his, his tie was askew. And he looked like he was in a 70s cop show, <laughs> chewing gum. And it was as if he was, like, was going to send some uh, send a renegade cop out onto the pitch. But instead, all he did was actually, it was, uh, who did he bring on? Carlton Cole. He's not a renegade cop. He's just a, another average striker like Maynard, which was in our defence's favour, is that it was as early as the 55th minute that he swapped the strikers around. Uh, out of this game, we took the fact that the defence is sorted. Um, we were competing against the best teams in the division. Everything's happy. Let's move forward from that Saturday match to Tuesday the 20th of March. Now, I had a lovely evening because it was my girlfriend's birthday on the 20th of March, so we were away for the week, ironically enough, at Sherwood Forest. Tuesday night, we went out for a lovely meal. She had the pork, no sniggering. Um, I had the lamb. Was it your birthday or hers? And everything was fine. Um, how was your Tuesday? It was like most Tuesdays following Leeds United over the last couple of years. Probably a little bit worse. Um, I, I made good and sure to be drunk. That helped. I'd had a few drinks by the time I actually caught up on the results, so it took the edge off a little bit. I mean, I where, where we went, I had a look on my phone at the Sky Sports thing, at the score. One all? Okay, I'll take that. Sat down to eat. I sort of forgot about the game as well and picked up on it after the meal, looked at my phone and just had a bit of a giggle to myself because it was absolutely ludicrous, wasn't it? Tell me what happened. <laughs> well, where to start? I don't know. We probably haven't got time to go through all the goals, so... The problem I... The main problem was that we just gave away possession every single time we had the ball, mm. which was not very often. And every- because it basically went Lonergan to their defence. Because our defence had pushed so high up in anticipation of a goal kick, we were defending very high up and they turned out to be fairly quick. That was what annoyed me possibly the most about this game. Of, of all, I mean, we conceded seven goals. That was irritating. And there was some comeback for me because you bastards last week uh, awarded me a certain Ken Bates award for not being entirely convinced that 
Neil Warnock had sorted all the things that we perhaps thought he had. It was your negativity that led to this result. <laughs> but you see, I did not. Um, I, I didn't take that as some kind of justification because I did not in the least expect us ever to concede seven. I thought it was going to be one nil defeats or nil nil draws or the occasional win from now on the rest of the season. This I didn't see coming. But what annoyed me most was what I did see coming was that I think in, it was like the, in the 75th minute when we were already 6-3 down. Ball went to Connolly and he looked up forward and he just hoofed an aimless long ball to nobody. And that was the point where I was punching the uh, the seat in front of me. Small children and uh, and ladies in the vicinity were all frightened, crying, weeping. Not because of the resort, because of me. There were no ideas. There was nothing creditable. Some of their goals but, were really yeah, good. At 6-3 down, don't you find yourself in that situation where you've run out of ideas, confidence is absolutely the bottom? No, it was, it was we the never fact, had any ideas. Though, it was the fact that it was sticking absolutely rigidly to what we'd done for the previous 75 minutes, and which had resulted in us being 6-3 down and just had no conception of anybody but why don't we try doing something else it was just no same thing bomb it at becchio nothing's going to happen we'll just when they come running at us we'll i mean i felt terrible for tom lee's on the last goal it showed him up a little bit showed that he's not the the finished result but exposed in the middle like that and all it was was um it was blackstock who just sort of gave him a little little push with one hand and lee's went absolutely flying and that summed up all our players he was just a little hand off. Second to everything. <laughs> and they just went skidding across the floor as if they'd been sucker punched. Warnock identified in the wake of this that uh, he thought the players were tired. How much of that do you agree with? How much do you buy into? I think they probably were, but you've got to look at the reasons for that as well. That we, Our new playing style seems to involve charging around endlessly. Running them into the ground is why they're tired. And also, they, as I said, the problem in this game, I think, as much as anything, was how we set the defence up, that we defended very high up against a fairly quick forward line, not including Andy Reid. Time and time again, the ball went over the top and it stretched us and we couldn't get back in position and they scored. I mean, admittedly, some good finishes in there. but Andy Reid got like two assists and they both involved beating players down the left-hand side. That isn't right. That's not right. Is there anything we can actually take from this game or was it just a one-off aberration? I mean, I know they've happened plenty of times in recent years, but... I don't think we can take positives. No. Nothing. We can take lessons. Well, what lessons can we take? I saw Our what, defence is slow. I think the lesson I take is that we're not solved. I think it's a bit of a myth buster for Warnock. And he's said since... I read an interview, he says that what he wants from a team in the Championship is knowing what he's going to get. And this has shown him that he can't work out what he's going to get. And I think we'd assumed because of the way the defensive performances have gone under Warnock so far with the clean sheets and stuff, that that now wasn't a problem. And that was what I was suspicious of. I thought, still a problem. I didn't think he'd yeah, well, solved yeah, bad it. Bad players don't immediately turn into no, good players. He, even though. Neil Warnock, even if he's the best manager in the world, he couldn't solve our defence that quickly. And this just shows that the same problems that Simon Grayson had still exist. Warnock's had an effect and it's improved, but it's not over. And there's still a lot more work to be done. And um, it's just a shame that that had to come in such a ridiculous, outlandish, infuriating... It wasn't even a result. Well, what you, did get, what you did get was value for money. £2.50 a goal. Can't argue with that. An absolute bargain. Where else do you see 10 goals? At least once a season at Elland Road, whether it's Preston, whether it's Forest, you're going to get 10 goals in a game on a Tuesday night. They should advertise it like that. They should say Tuesday night ten at Elland Road. Yeah, 10 goal Tuesday. Absolutely or your money inspired. back. Or your money back. Yeah, right. Now you're getting that. into fantasy land. Yeah, you would get to 6-3. Give them another one. We move on to the 24th of March and a very, very satisfying win. Hugely satisfying to go to Millwall and win 1-0. Back to the Warwick master plan seemed to be alright away in terms of the average goals conceded they, the sevens damaged it if, you, if you're doing it on the old mean median mode there's a, there's a way you can look at it where, where we have improved we never win at Millwall do we? no and it's a we shame that did. it's become such a b- big deal because we don't care about Millwall and, and yet the here they are. they are terrible quite funny though They're, well they've become a bit of a, a bet noir haven't they with the whole um, turkey flags thing and it's nice just to go down there and sing at them boring boring Millwall and just win and leave your head held high. There was a banner in the Leeds end. Did anybody yeah. remember what it said? Yeah, that was the same old Millwall, same old song. Beautiful. Well played. Glad you did that. Bit of a dire first half, this one, but a bit livelier in the second half and more goals for uh, for Ross. He's found his scoring boots this season. Snoddy gave it to him. The <laughs> goal, I mean. It was all Snodgrass work down the right-hand side, shot into the box. 
off McCormack. He planned it. I've got to confess, when I first saw this goal, I was on a stag do in Edinburgh this weekend and I was um, in an absolutely horrible strip club and this was on the TV, this goal, <laughs> and there was a woman getting in the way of it. Up a pole. 90% of the group were Leeds fans, so there was a definite... Have a bit of respect. Come on. <laughs> That's Rob Stonecrass there. <laughs> Wasn't there something deliciously uh, poetic about what happened with their non-equaliser and the penalty for them to stick it in the back of the net but then not score the penalty? It's a very Leeds thing to do that, actually. Well, it was a very Leeds thing to concede the penalty straight away because, I mean, my heart sank. I thought it was just... The other thing about the Forest result was that it was just every time we scored, they scored. So there was like, there was never any escape from a storm of Forest scoring and it seemed like this was going to be the same. Grind it out for 65 minutes, finally get a goal and then immediately give them a chance to get it in. But Andy, safe hands Lonergan. I doubt Rahubka would have recovered from conceding seven in the same style. So... uh well played, Mr. Lonergan. It's to your credit. Um, and the Millwall crying just about everything in general. Now they're talking about it being a, an FA conspiracy as if, as if, yeah, because the FA love Leeds. Football League have always been on our side and everything. It's all about keeping Mill. That's why Millwall are down the bottom of the table. Not because, because they're a epoxy little club who have very few supporters. Because your manager's Kenny Jacket. Who on the interviews, I noticed, appeared to have one tooth. I know for a fact he's got more than that. But the way the, the way the light was glinting, it looked like he just had one single tooth at the front. Yeah. He looks very much like a, a gopher. I think we've mentioned it before, but when you when you can only see the one tooth, it's like a, a damaged gopher. It's perfect, really. Go to Millwall, win one nil, get them all really really upset about what happened on the pitch, and of course the goal shouldn't have stood because the referee blew his whistle for a penalty before it even reached the play of the shoot. That's simple. Those are the rules of football. He should have played the advantage. No, he couldn't because he'd already whistled. Because he had someone from the FA in his earpiece. Millwall, code code six, code six, don't let Millwall score. And we'll end just with the, uh, well, well, first of all, I can't remember what role he plays in the club, but Dino Standing appears to be club spokesman. It's come out and apparently somebody with a flag got instantly banned for uh, 10 games. Ten, uh, ten, 10 years, years sorry, which seems, I'm sure there'll be a route of appeal. You can't just ban somebody for Or it's bollocks. Years. Or it's bollocks. Dino standing, telling a lie. Guy, guy loves his mother. Um, but also the video of the one Millwall fan at the end of the game. A portly young chap. Who is in the upper tier of the Millwall end after all the Millwall fans have gone. He's come right into the corner, standing at the front of the upper tier, giving it loads to the Leeds fans cutthroat gestures, loads of come on arms, all the Leeds fans singing uh, who the um, chuff are you and then the cheering increases as two coppers approach him from the rear and he's he starts giving it more because he thinks he's finally getting through to them and these police officers beautifully walk in very slowly and very quietly behind him and just as he's at the very peak of his indignant fury hand on the shoulder and what I love about it is when he turns around they're obviously like you can't be doing this. His reaction seems to be, what about all them? <laughs> That's not the argument. You're here on your own, goading thousands of people, inciting them to riot. All these thousands of people are watching. What about them? And he does it as they're walking along. Can't believe you're arresting me. What about all them? That's the fucking Millwall way. Can't, <laughs> can't have a go at me. What about them? They're quite funny in that upper tier because it, they've done it in previous years where the end section has been netted off to stop them getting too close. But the other year, they, they sort of pulled back the netting and there was a charge they were then met with like a 40 metre gap yeah, where clearly to... nothing could happen but they, they ran to the edge they'd look at us we're on the edge here they'd have to do some uh, parker some modern urban <laughs> running to get over that 40 metre gap I'd love to see them try like lemmings with all that said we are now 10th everybody's played 39 games apart from Birmingham who light in 6th who still have a game in hand and vastly superior goal difference but the important bit is that they have 60 points, as do a couple of teams above us. We are within three points of that sixth position. This whole situation is mental. Um, everyone keeps drawing and beating everybody else, don't they? So The results last night look very nice for us. I couldn't we, believe it. Every time, every time I expect us to be cut adrift, we should be. You, you can't possibly lose 7-3 and no. expect to be promoted. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. We lost 7-3. There should How be a ruling, still... really, that says... Yeah, that's enough. Be Sorry, serious. If it was a boxing match, the referee would have stopped it by now and said, look, you're not going up. You've had enough, lads. It's part two now, and we will talk about the news in and around Ellen Rod and Thorpe Arch. It's that time of year again. Spring. 
Yeah. Cox have gone forward. No, or it's, back. it's player of the season time. Oh, okay. Interesting candidates up on the on the website. Player of the season up for it this year. Adam Clayton, Andy Lonergan. Originally, it said yeah, Lonergan. Yeah, they did misspell that, which yeah. was a fine effort. Lonergan. It sounds like somebody drunk. Lonergan. Lonergan. Uh, Ross McCormack and Bob Snodgrass are your four candidates. Obviously, Moscow. You're One candidate. Give, you're going to give it to Bob. We're not going to give it to Andy Lonergan, are we? Fucking we'll give hell. it to Bob, but only if he stays. Andy Lonergan's been out for half the season with a broken little finger. That's not a player of the season performance. I'm and, sure it hurts, but come on. And against Forrest when he tried to kick the ball out of play and failed. Snodgrass had his bloody appendix out. That makes him superhuman technically, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. Player of the season. Pe- people will vote for Bob Snodgrass to try and make him stay. I think that'll be the underlying uh, logic to people. And he's our best player yeah, right? exactly. by a distance as well. Yeah. It's not just although that. there's an argument for Ross McCormack, although he's scored quite a lot of goals, he's been a bit hit and miss at times, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think he's quite as crucial to the way we play. You can find there's Ross McCormack's underneath every stone. Poor man's Wayne Rooney. Isn't he? So glad to see Johnny... Ha- oh, no. Um, well, he... Mm, yeah, he was having a decent season. Norwich's Johnny Housen. Playing well. Apparently so. Anyway, on Man to of your... the match in his third game. I don't need to, I don't well, want to know. Actually, no, let's just mention it. I do want to know. I was going to mention this, actually, because they said, they sold it to us. They said, Housen can go because he won't be back in time to have any impact on our season. And here we are with how many games have we got to go? Like six, seven, they didn't seven. Expect, they didn't expect the other teams to keep losing. If, got... if, they, if, other, if the other shit teams in this league had kept winning, it wouldn't have had an impact because we'd already be cut off. We expect <laughs> us to be tailed off by yeah. so if, tailed the, off. if all the transfer, if there was a loan window still open and we signed a player of Johnny Housen's caliber today for the promotion playoff charge everybody would go crazy it would be the best thing ever instead he's gonna end up going to go and have no impact on Norwich's season while we signed nobody and just struggle on with Brownie anyway young player of the saying, season let's yeah. talk about young player of the season now they've really had a shortage of candidates for this clearly because Charlie Taylor has made the list who's played once I believe he might have done that through threats though because he's, a, he's got Taylor. a gangster sounding name you get me on that list fucking you got to give me off. I'll play for fucking Bradford City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Charlie. We'll just cross Monty Gimple off. Put you on. Uh, who else is in there? We've got Tom Lees. Winning. Uh, Zach Thompson and Aidan White. So it's mm. got to be between the first and the last. Tom Lees and Aidan White. Lees. 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 Yeah, it's been much better. On, on the basis that he's the best of a bad bunch. Or? He did his... Well, no, he's been good all season. I've not had a problem with Tom Lees at all this season. As I said, seventh goal against Forest. All his fault. Nobody else he can look at whatsoever. Although a day blame the linesman. I think it was the seventh. It was either the seventh or the sixth, and he went absolutely mental at the linesman. I thought, fuck off. Look at the score. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we should have actually blamed Danny Pugh for it because that's what I didn't mention about the Forest game with Danny Pugh's bloody contribution. It's too big a thing not to keep harping back onto every five minutes throughout the rest of the podcast. But Robinson injured, as I feared. This 33-year-old all-action performances might happen. Pew came on, immediately stood in the left-back position, got danced around by about seven defenders. Well, no, it was just one attacker just got straight round him. He did nothing. Goal. Straight away. I've never been so angry with an ex-Man United player till uh, Alan Smith signed for MK Dons. Let it go. Anyway, Let so go. he's... Is there an inverse player of the season, Danny Goal Pugh? of the season. Goal of the season for the 2011-12 season. We've got Luciano Becchio... Doncaster at home on Saturday, the 18th of February, 2012 AD. Nice curling goal. Very yeah. good. Adam Clayton, absolute barnstorming effort. Leicester away. That was on Sunday, the 6th of November, 2011 AD. Adam Clayton also, Doncaster at home, Saturday, the 18th of February, 2012 AD. Didn't think that goal was any good myself. He just dangled the leg at it, really. Yeah, it wasn't much. Ross McCormack, that was his uh, overhead kick at Donny Rovers away. Originally given as Bristol away when this email was first sent round. It's worth just well, just to clarify, this, this, this compiled by somebody that didn't know what they were talking about. Okay. Lonegren and uh, Ross McCormack. Not that you're bitter. Overhead, okay. overhead kicks from all around the McCormack country. McCormack at Doncaster on Friday the 14th of September 2011 AD. Mm-hmm. And Robert Snodgrass at Forest away on Tuesday the 29th of November 2011 AD. There's the winner. Wasn't it in the 11th minute of the singing for uh, Gary Speed as well? So it wasn't just a goal. It was Johnny poetry. Johnny scored a good goal in that game as well. It should be on the list. <laughs> Maybe the Norwich fans will vote for it. Is Peter Crouch not on the list as well? Because aren't we all busy throwing ourselves about over this? Nobody's seen a goal like that before. What um, if you look for, there's a guy, I think he played for Napoli, who scored um, uh, because there is... Um, a way of referring to that kind of goal where they call it a, a super bike and the, the commentary is fantastic he, he whacks it in from uh, the, the angle 
And uh, the is this available on YouTube? It is on YouTube, and it was about nineteen eighty nine. The commentator just goes, "Alavan Baston, Superbike." It's okay. fantastic. And Crouch's uh, goal sure reminded to, me of that. Be sure to look that up. If you, I think you have to put about seven eyes in Superbike, but it does work. First thing to note from this player of the season and goal of the season thing is that the AD thing really has to fucking yeah, stop now, it's doesn't got to it? Stop. Yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's based uh, on a piece of misinformation that's yeah. not correct in the Daily Mail. Imagine that. Yeah. It's like us mentioning straight bananas every five minutes or something. It was all because the BBC said they weren't going to put um, AD after the. Because um, nobody fucking does. No. And Leeds United never fucking no, did. No but one now does. immediately, just because we're run by a mad old bat. We have to. It's completely stupid. Never, never do you think 2011, is that, is that, yeah, is that, are we is that talking before or after when Jesus was born? Jesus. Oh no, because Adam Clayton probably wasn't playing for us then, was he? Before <laughs> Jesus. Wait, when did we sell from? <laughs> hey, cool. See what I did there? Snodgrass wins, I think, for me. I quite like McCormack's. I liked Clayton at uh, Leicester, to be honest, but Snodgrass wins just because I like him to see him do the double. Rumours about players for next season treat these with pinch or barrel of is that salt. Ne- is that next season AD? Yeah. The inevitable rumours about QPR's players, because they are teetering on the edge of relegation. They're going say. down. Yeah, yeah if down. you look at who they've got left for the rest of the season, they've got pretty much all the top five or six clubs, haven't they? Doesn't matter, they've got Mark Hughes' match. And Cissé will get himself sent off another four times. Yeah. The only re- the only thing that's going to happen at um, QPR is that they're going to get relegated and Mark Hughes is going to make a fortune out of agent fees. Mostly by selling players to Leeds United in the summer. The name's in the frame then. Sean Derry. Hey. He's a, he's a, do we need to go back? I mean, I like Derry. He's proved himself in the Premier League this year. It's going to be 34, is it, next time? It'll be like, having, it'll be like signing Michael Brown this season. <laughs> uh, Paddy Kenny, the inevitable one that you're going to hear named. Um, Clint Hill, Jamie Mackey, all players that have followed... Uh, I'd like Warnock. a called Clint in the team. Followed Warnock hither and thither. Maybe we could just sign Paddy Kenny's eyebrows. Because apparently they are still in West Yorkshire, but he was on the floor of a Halifax nightclub. Remember that when somebody bit yeah. his eyebrow off? He didn't, he, he had his eyebrow bitten off. Oh, was it his, was it his nose or his eyebrow? I can't remember. But his, his friend... It's a fairly important still, distinction. He's still friend, got a nose. His friend had bitten it off because he'd slept with his wife. As in the friend who did the biting had also done the sleeping with. <laughs> which seems a bit, a bit of rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, fuck your wife now. Ah! <laughs> Warnock, I remember after that, was like saying, I've told him not to go to Halifax. Yeah. I've told him. That's what happens in Halifax. Darren O'Day wants to stay because he's out of contract in the summer from uh, Celtic. He has given an interview that has suggested that maybe a permanent move was on the cards in the summer, but they couldn't get the relevant wrinkles all ironed out. Wages. Was it wages, do you think? Length of contract? Wages. When he okay. says it was a case of getting quite small bits agreed, which didn't happen, so I ended up coming on loan. Wages. We're not paying you that. Celtic can pay you, pay you that. Did we dodge a bullet there then? I think he's all right. He's about our second best defender, but that's because our defenders are shit. He's been there most of the season with Lees, and Lees is young and raw, and they've managed to get through the season with only... However, his recent results looked Nottingham... F- oh, yeah. Without looking too spectacularly, he's all right. He gets his head onto things. Just don't ask him to pass. Question. around. Yeah. If we can get anybody better, fine. If we can't... I think that is that not the point that we probably hope that we can? We always hope that we can and then yeah. we don't. This it's is the, ho- the Bradley Johnson situation. Yeah, it's, last the, it's year. the hope that kills you, isn't it? Well, he'll, uh, he might end up signing for Norwich and being brilliant. We'll end up getting someone even worse, probably, over summer. <laughs> is well, Neil Collins out of contract, yeah? Well, anyway, the um, the loan window is now shut. There'll be no further moves this season. We, we didn't should, sign anyone. No, we should wrap this up by saying that one person, rather than anybody coming in, did go out. That was Lloyd Sam... Gone to Notts County on loan. Rumours of other players that wouldn't go with him. Notts County, of course, being where Keith Curl, who was Warnock's former assistant, is now managing, isn't he? So there's a there's a link directly there. So it might be the case of, I'll, yeah, I'll shift some of my players off to you. You can have these lot. Keith Curl's been on the phone and just said, uh, how things at Leeds? And Warnock's gone, all right. And Keith Curl said, who's crap? He said, well, Lloyd Sam, Billy Painter, Michael Fussell. Can I have him? He says, well, if you can convince him. We didn't Lloyd- even mention Painter coming on against Forrest. Why did he do that? Just because it was funny, I think. It shows he's got a sense of humour. <laughs> that was uh, normally I would join in with the one sarcastic. More year. One um, more year on that contract. Join in with the one sarcastic. Come on, Billy Chance, but I just couldn't do it. I was, I was the guy. I hope he doesn't score. I'm not having it. <laughs> yeah. um, Lloyd Sam, yeah, he scored for Notts County in his debut. Played a couple of games since. Don't really care. <laughs> 
Sadly. But yeah, apparently Painter and Phil Sale were offered offered the chance to go with him, but I guess they don't like Lord Sam very much. I don't want to cause any uh, confusion in the ranks at, uh, at Thorpe Arch, but uh, yeah, Lloyd, Billy isn't talking to you. He's talking to me about you, though. I've heard what he's saying. On to David Sommer. He's had another operation, unfortunately, which has probably put his uh, long-awaited comeback uh, even further back. Details on this, then? Well, there aren't many. He's had another operation. <laughs> he was badly injured. He's recovering. He's not recovering very well. He's had another operation. He's 27 now. It's starting to look uh, not very good. Well, let's say they might be able to get him back. It's for pre-season training. But you've seen how Becchio missed pre-season training at the start and, of this last season, and his form's kind of been a bit patchy, hasn't it? So, and all that was wrong with Becchio was just a dodgy hamstring, whereas this is basically a, a full knee transplant. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I believe that's what they did. <laughs> no fixed timescale for his comeback, but like you say possibly not going to make pre-season. He did, however, I spotted have a uh, barbecue with uh, Mike Greller and Patrick Kuznobo the other day, so life isn't all bad for him. I bet uh, Kuznobo was in charge there. He'd have been wearing You're not going to let Mike Greller do it. Well, You're not going to let Mike Greller well, do anything. He's Australian, isn't he, and they're obsessed by barbecues, so I think he'd have been wearing a novelty apron. Um, I imagine Mike Greller can't even go out in the sun. Well, his mum's back home, isn't he, so he can't do much. Lots probably of, probably lot- have to phone her up for permission. Can I go around to Patrick's? No, that's not an American <laughs> accent, is it? That's the Australian one. I was just going to say lots of meat, I imagine, if uh, Paddy Kisnarbo's in charge of the barbecue. I think he lives purely on a meat diet, Kisnarbo. Just saying. On to the other news that we've picked up on in this fortnight. Leeds United are teaming up with Leeds City Council to keep the streets around Ellen Road Stadium clean. Very exciting. Good that this is such good publicity for the club. A new partnership deal leads to making a financial contribution for a contract until June 2013, basically to pay a special council street cleaning team to get the... Charlie Taylor? Keep the streets clean. <laughs> to uh, keep the streets clean around the... It's good. I mean, it's great because they had Lee Bromby and the, and the Robbie Rogers RIP.com for the photo shoot with some brooms and the, the councillor who was involved. Um, it's interesting considering this was first mooted about 18 months ago and the negotiations were described in a public meeting by uh, Councillor Gabriel of Beeson in uh, getting Leeds United to agree to this was like getting blood out of a stone is how she described it. However, it's good that now we've got a, a happy photo shoot in the sunshine and that uh, the streets are going to be polished to an absolute fine sheen and we can pretend we're a community club for 10 minutes until uh, until it gets renewed and baits, and, well, until the cheque probably bounces. I would I hope that that, uh, that money has actually been paid into the council account. Similar note, whether Leeds United should be responsible for keeping the streets around the area clean at all, it's it's a moot point. But they were asked nicely, could it just could it just paint over? Can't we all just get on? And they are getting on, and that's a exactly. good thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thing. It's yeah. it's a very good thing. I look forward to seeing some Leeds United branded street sweepers cheering them on. Go on, lad. Go on. Let's talk about Carlisle. Not Ben Parker, as far as we're aware. Um, our reserves, well, our non-existent reserves, beat the Carlisle reserves 3-0 at Thorpe Arch. Robbie Rogers, the sorry, the Ro- Robbie Rogers zombie scored for Leeds, didn't he? We had a trialist who opened the scoring, and this is brilliant. Who scored the third? Tell me, tell me. Billy Big Boobs. Wild Bill. Yeah, and he, he celebrated, and you can see it on YouTube, and you, you unfortunately, if you watch it on YouTube, you then have to put it with Ben Fry and one of his uh, idiot sidekicks, laughing as if they'd never seen anything like it, because he, he whips his shirt off, twirls it around his head, runs around, he's pointing at the... Uh, Thorpe Arch, as if there's a crowd there. The rabbits. <laughs> yeah, celebrating in front of all the bunny bunnies. And it's one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. To be earning, what's he on? 40 grand a week? <laughs> Whatever he's on a week. Let's say let's say eight grand a week. And he's finally, after what, 16 years, he scored a goal in the reserves against Carlisle Reserves. And to be running around like that, he should, he should have actually, he should have committed Harry Carey as soon as he scored that goal. That's the only respectful thing to do. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? (laughs) 
Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Just run a sword straight through his guts. Do you know it reminds me of seeing this video? It reminds me a little bit of when you see school matches or something similar and there's three men and a dog watching it or Sunday yeah. League and the person scores and goes absolutely skitter. It was, it was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, it'd be funny. Come on! It's funny. Come a, on! It's funny <laughs> as a video of Sunday football on a park until you realise it's Billy Painter and he's earned thousands to score that goal. I'm not happy with Billy at the moment. We played Bradford as well, and, uh, but we've not been allowed to know the results. <laughs> Because you can't follow Leeds United's reserves, and I know people used to like to collect the team sheets, get them all in a binder, and you could watch the highlights on LUTV as part of your £52 annual subscription, but it doesn't exist anymore. So they I just, presume the price has come down for that, then. They just, n- no. They just tantalise it, just wave in front of you, say, oh, we played Bradford last week, Andy O'Brien played. What was the score? Not telling. Tap on the nose. Yeah, you don't need to know. We do know that we didn't have five players sent off after full time, which is made. They were talking about that on... Um, on Radio 4 on the news this afternoon. Like, I could understand it being mentioned this morning because five players being sent off in the dressing rooms is unusual. But a fight in lower league football surely isn't national news. Especially when Bradford against Crawley. Crawley are horrible bastards. Crawley's manager does seem like a real prick. The whole thing. Crawley just as an entity and as a... Well, they would describe themselves as a project, I think. And finally, we've conceded another five against Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> is this um, the reserve still yeah it's the Leeds 11 took on Blackpool on Tuesday and we lost 5-3 to their reserves uh, Nunes and Fossell scored for us but another 5 goals conceded against Blackpool it's, at least it wasn't 7 it's very true yeah, we're getting, three. getting better <laughs> and that's your reserve roundup. how enthralling was that I wonder what did happen against Bradford was it just so terrible that we can't ever know you thought 7-3 was bad you right, thought 5-3 was better is it like the rules in kids' leagues sometimes where they just report the scores as 1-0 or something? Cause yeah, you're not allowed to win or lose. Or, yeah. Leeds won. Painter missed four penalties and they're not allowed to report it for, for his own self-esteem. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. In this bit, let's talk about humiliation, like some sort of Max Mosley home video. We have been subjected to a fair bit of humiliation, haven't we? At least Max Mosley's was a home video. Leslie Grantham's were on the internet. Every time I go through Grantham on, on the train, I think <laughs> of him sucking that finger on my webcam. <laughs> we're not being told about humiliation for more than 10 seconds already. I've got Paul Jewell in my head. <laughs> Even that, I'm sure. Who do you think felt worse? Paul Jewell, when he opened up the Sunday People and saw him in his... Splendour. That, that black T-shirt. and just hide his paunch. Or a Leeds fan living in the East Midlands on... Wednesday morning. Well, I, I felt fairly ashamed just at being in Sherwood Forest. You know you're on enemy, enemy territory. And did you notice this year, Forest's training kit is, I know this is a little strange, but all their training kit is green, like shirts, but with black sort of top thirds. So it's, I think it's a Robin Hood outfit myself. I'm fairly convinced. The first time I saw it, I think they were like green hats and carrying bows and training and stuff. Actually, I sat, uh, I went to see Leeds at, um, Leeds play away at Nottingham Forest. I sat in with the home fans. I was sat behind a guy dressed as Robin Hood. Quite an elderly gentleman, but he was... It might, might have been the Robin Hood. The Who knows? Well, he didn't steal anything from me, but I'm not the rich. He didn't give me anything either. And I am the poor. So if he is Robin Hood, not very good at it. And the reason we're talking about humiliation, if you haven't yet pieced it together, is because we got spanked 7-3 again on a Tuesday. We've had a fair few of these in our time. Preston, Barnsley, Barnsley... Maybe this is the way... Blackpool. We said that they should be advertising it as 10 Gold Tuesday. Maybe Humiliation Tuesday would get a different kind of crowd in. There's the more edgy S&M type crowd. There used to be that guy around the club scene in Leeds who used to wear a latex Leeds kit. I remember in 1997-ish, he had his picture in the Leeds magazine. I can't remember his name, but he'd he'd had a... Dad? (laughs) (laughs) He had a latex... And they put this in a family magazine? No, it was in the Leeds United magazine. You're not sure that's just children. It had David Hockney I'm, I'm getting to see evidence. Oh, and here's Ellie the Elephant and her latex bondage body. I'll dig it out. Yeah, do. 
we have handed out a couple of humiliations once or twice. Um, our biggest win, of course, being the. Thought any of us were born. Yeah, Oddie. Oddie. Oh. Well, yeah. The ghost of. Oddie. We're all looking at an empty chair. With you can still smell the piss stains <laughs> from when he's occupied it previously. <laughs> Lynn Oslo, ten nil at home and six nil away. Sixteen nil on aggregate, and that and now they're fans. I like. It's almost like us deciding to support Blackpool after. After losing to them five 0 you know what? They're good. Let's look for other other teams. Woman's name, Scandinavian city. That's the combo we need to play. <laughs> they were good. I was went surprised. Well, they weren't good. They were amateurs. But the season before, we hammered them sixteen 0 on aggregate. They'd got to the quarterfinals of the Cup Winners' Cup, so they weren't they weren't mugs. We did shock, and it was only our second season in Europe. We shocked Europe with that result. It reverberated. I think that's the thing with our recent humiliations is that I've come to expect it so I've not got as angry like when Arsenal used to tonk us every time we played them in the last few years of the Premiership I had grown used to us being actually an alright team who could I hoped compete with the likes of Arsenal and then they just made us look like fools for even for even daring to believe it it wasn't by the end though was it that last 5-0 at Highbury oh yeah well, when Michael Dubry's playing I mean it's yeah Henri versus Dubry was never fair but before that, it, and was that Coldwell as well possibly yes it was oh, Coldwell a speedy a speedy we, pairing we decided to defend on the edge of the centre circle much mm. as we did against Forrest Thierry Henry Gareth McCleary you tell me the difference but it's a, it's a very sad state of affairs when, and I tweeted this in the wake of the Forest game, that these things don't even affect you anymore, do they? What you were just saying, Michael. It's like you become numb to it after it happens a certain number of times and a grim acceptance sets in that this is our lot now, for now, that these things are going to happen. Strange thing was, I saw a few people saying that, that the Forest result didn't really bother them. It bothered me. It bothered me a lot. I think because of the recent changeover of manager my expectations uh, I'm expect I am expecting excellence and nothing left the Blackpool one because we were 3-0 down by half time then we brought on a child in place of um, an incompetent clown I just sat and watched the second half and just let it unfold and let it just wash all over me and didn't really care and maybe the net result of the the 4-6 and the 2-5 all just I wasn't too bothered. This, because things are supposed to change. It's the beginning of a bright new era of glorious sunshine and bright happiness. I was all, all through the second hour, I was like, this is not supposed to be happening anymore. And it was happening. I was angry, if nobody else was. Me and Warnock, we're the only angry people in town. Maybe Brownie as well. I'm sure he wasn't that happy. We went through a spell in the 80s, didn't we, of uh, conceding like 6 and 7 to Stoke. There was one uh, two-year period in particular where things were completely mental. At the Victoria ground. I like it. It's just bloody Stoke. 85, 86. Are we talking AD? Yes. Both years were definitely Anno Not Domini. Not prior to Christ, no. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Shed scored, so. Go to Stoke. Lose. 2-6. How can you better that? Where you go the next season, you go to Stoke, you lose 2-7. It was also Stoke who ended our um, unbeaten run, wasn't it? Our record unbeaten run in 73-74. I was quite pleased when Crouch's shot hit the back of the neck, so I was expecting it to bounce in at Elland Road. Just, there's another one for you. We've got a bit of a thing about the potteries then, maybe, haven't we? Because if you uh, are as old as Oddie, I mean, he's not here to tell us, but when Leeds City got booted out of the league, Port Vale replaced us, didn't they? They were elected in our place. They did indeed. I believe Oddie voted the other way, not to uh, <laughs> not to let them in. But um, yeah, so it was a bit of a, a group of Port Vale. The, uh... I always keep meaning to ask him what conscription was like for the First World War. <laughs> He lost a lot of friends. We don't mention that around him. Obviously, this is before our time, but I fear for the mental well-being of the people who went on both trips to Stoke. Because it's like if Forrest come back next season and beat us 3-8, how do you feel? That, wouldn't, that would just be and That would weird. bother me, I think. That would, yeah. The really disappointing thing with the Forrest game as well is that even even if we pretend it was a, a European tie for a minute, we lost on away goals. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah, the away goals was done us. 4-0, yeah. Yeah, which we, is had, a, so we had an unassailable lead from the first leg. We were doing these weird coincidences in the 80s, though. So we had that where it was Stoke away, 2-6 one year, 2-7 the next. And then in um, uh, the season before either of those results, in run-up to Christmas 1984, go to Oxford, lose 5-2. Next game, play at home to Wimbledon, win 5-2. Explain that, Yuri Geller. Things are getting mystical. It's not just humiliation here, it's the... It's the mystical edge to our humiliations do you think it's do you think there's gypsies involved in this i there could be a curse i think there it's, could be a curse it's yeah. just that things are determined to repeat like the number seven is um another one because we got um one that's pulled out or a few that i've pulled out not like that 
from um, the olden days in the late 60s because we seven is obviously what Forrest managed to get and so that's the that's the golden number and we have conceded seven before never at Elland Road Warnock bear that in mind <laughs> on your watch but um, under Don Revy away to West Ham uh, 7-0 loss in the League Cup round four nobody cared probably played a weakened team I've no evidence for that um, but then <laughs> the next season we beat Chelsea 7-0 at home seven goals for one side at Elland Road it was for us against Chelsea and it was four days after we'd gone to uh, the mighty Spora of Luxembourg beat them 9-0 away and then when they came to Elland Road we beat them seven as well so pretend they're Chelsea knock seven past them that's the way football should be played when you're Leeds United who's it today? Uh, well they're wearing blue eh, score seven yeah alright we scored nine away May as well, 15, 16, go for that. There's another eerie coincidence, because that's 16-0 on aggregate. A couple of years later, well, the next season, Lynn Oslo, 16-0 on aggregate. Whoa. I'm freaking myself out now. This is where these things get put together on the internet, and it turns out it's what killed Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a few more more recent humiliations. I think witnessing Rocky Jr., that was something that will stay with me. Possibly for a long, long time. Um, and he was party to our 6-1 at Portsmouth, wasn't he? It was all fun and games until that point. Two goals against Man United. Man's a hero, admittedly. After looking terrible and getting sent off. He's played in a World Cup. He'll be all right. We've signed Roque Jr. He's played in the World Cup. He'll be all right. On loan from Milan. How how good can he be? Yeah, and that 6-1 at Portsmouth was a real... That it, was a, it was a low, wasn't it? That was... Worse than relegation, I think, because you knew at that point that we were going down. Very much as when we lost 5-1 at Luton in uh, 06-07. That was a sign of bad things to come. And when the only glimmer of hope was that our goal was through um, Hayden Fox. Fox with an E. Never forget that it was Fox with an E. (laughs) Losing at a stadium where you have to walk through someone's house to get into the ground. That counts on both Portsmouth and Luton, doesn't it? It's unbelievable that's still the case. I remember looking at the um, my book of football league rounds when I was a child, and even then they were looking at Kenilworth World and saying, this can't last. This Look, this is a state of affairs that cannot continue. Still there? Still there. Still exactly the same. Well, we're on Luton in that period. It's worth mentioning our three years in League One, probably, in terms of humiliation. Did that happen? Did that really happen? And not enough is made of it. We can't forget the fact that under our present owner, Who've done, who, who, the other Peter Lorimer have done bugger all wrong. Yeah, bugger all. They humiliated us. Pants down, smacked asses all around the third division for three years. Hereford. Histon was a cup game, but it still happened. Histon was a cup game, which reflected how far we've fallen because every year in the cup, a League One team loses to someone in the conference. It was Leeds United. And yeah. Averaging 27,000. If it had been Hereford that had lost to Histon, no one would have given a shit. It would have just been, oh, and, oh, and through to the next round, uh, Histon. That's nice. They might get a bigger team soon. Nobody really really cares who goes out that stage, just knocking some third division team out. Yeah, humiliation doesn't come much bigger than third division Leeds United being knocked out of the FA Cup by I presume he was a postman. They're always postmen. <laughs> or a gas fitter. If there are any postmen and gas fitters listening... Please keep delivering my letters. Sean Harvey, don't po- a, it don't was a postman, me. wasn't he? I'm sure, yeah, but some postmen are nice. Most of them are nice. Release fact. the hounds. Sean, <laughs> Sean Harvey is not a... Uh, How did he go from being a postman to be earning 170 grand a year? Through incredible good luck, I would suggest. Through uh, incredibly uh, good administration. Just ask the fans of Scarborough and Bradford. Oh, oh, you can't ask the fans of Scarborough. Not anymore. Oh, well, no. I recall the very first fans forum where Ken Bates had taken over um, and he was sat on the table with Gerald Krasner, top table. That's when they were still friends. And the words he uttered were, Sean Harvey is the finest football administrator I've ever met. And I've not met any others. <laughs> Small social circles then. For um, humiliating cup defeats, there's one. I don't know if this is a um, if this is an undiscovered Leeds United story. I would be interested to know if anyone remembers this happening. Because skimming through the uh, results, looking for magic sevens through the through the previous seasons, came across 1979, when Aldi used to have these uh, Frank Worthington-esque um, long flowing locks and the big sideburns. We played Arsenal, and we always have this thing with Arsenal. Whenever we play them, we have to play them six or seven times. I remember when we got promotion back to Division 1, we played them in the FA Cup. There were about four replays before we could get past them, and then the next season we played them again in, in the Cup and still um, had to play them twice. And this was a run at the uh, start of September, uh, 29th of August, 
League Cup round two, leg one at Elland Road. Leeds United one, Arsenal one. That's a good, steady, sturdy, post-revy result. That's all right. And then two days later, or three, I can't remember how many days there are, in August, 1st of September, in the league, at Elland Road, Leeds United won, Arsenal won. Again, solid. We're on a par with Arsenal. Neither's at the peak, but things are going well. Everything's all right. So we're all ready for the second leg. No games in between. 4th of September, go to Highbury, League Cup, round two, leg two. Arsenal seven, Leeds United nil. What the fuck is all I can say. And it wasn't even like we were playing a crap team. It was, um, we had uh, Harvey was in goal, Flynn, Hart, Cherry, Greenoff, Arthur Graham, not the legends of Leeds, but this should have been solid. And it's brushed over in um, the complete record of Leeds United as one of the, as the most humiliating game of the Adamson era. But otherwise, you won't find it anywhere. And I had to go into the archives to find details of Bloody it. Bloody hell, Michael, he started doing research. Actual research. Someone's... Pet. I'll be giving the uh, the full story in the Squareball magazine uh, available. As well. It's actually all I've got is a good re- a good report from um, from it's David Lacey in the Guardian, who I think still writes for them. And some of the uh, does this sound at all familiar from Tuesday? A disorganised, disorientated defence was reduced to fouls of despair. Jimmy Adamson summed up the evening by saying they were magic and we were rubbish. Some of our players had heart, but none had the touch. Interesting uh, reference to the um, theme music to the Transformers film that came out in 1986. And I assume <laughs> Jimmy Anderson wrote the lyrics about, you got the heart, you got the touch. The part that really sounds like our Forest result, our Preston result, our Blackpool result, was when it says, the astonishing part of last night's performance was the fact that no depth of incompetence appeared to be beyond the Leeds team. We've got form. We've got form then. We have got form. We don't talk about it much. Maybe we need to bring some of these humiliating defeats back into the open, talk them through, realise that the Forest result, you know, we've been here before together with Arthur Graham. We can we can pull through. We'll be strong again. On a serious point, do we now expect these results to stop under Warnock? I don't necessarily mean this year, but when he's got a chance to uh, enact through a transfer window. If he's here. Yeah, if he can be bothered staying around. I think history suggests no, because in the course of my research, I did compile quite a long list of, I mean, we didn't even talk about 3-6 defeat at Plymouth, losing 4-1 at Oxford, um, losing 3-0 away to Chester in the 70s. Colchester in the Cup. Colchester in the Cup. And uh, 5-0 at Liverpool when we'd uh, we'd just finished behind them in the league in, uh, in 66. These things, they do happen to Leeds United. Neil Warnock won't stop it all. Fourth and final part of the Squareball podcast now, and we look, first of all, at the games that are coming up in the next fortnight. First one, final day of the month, 31st of March, kicking off at three o'clock on Saturday. Leeds United against Sean Dyche's Watford. Get the strep seals ready. Can we, while he's in the in the county, should we have him checked out? I don't think he's looking after himself down there. Get him to Jimmy's. Yeah. It's, well, it's a teaching just, we'll, just have, we'll just have a quick quick look over you. We'll, <laughs> just, got... we'll just check everything's all right. We're, we're just concerned, is all. Because <laughs> all, all our, uh, well, our, all your um, commentary on his voice has all been out of sincere wishes for his um, his continued good health. I don't wish to see that ginger goatee taken from us. Oh, please don't be ill. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he is, well, do you think the ginger goatee would be a manifestation of that illness? It is an odd sartorial choice. Apologies if you're listening and you have a ginger goatee, but take a look at Sean Dyche and, and rethink. It's my advice. Imagine him chatting you up in a bar with that beard and that voice and that face. How, how would it sound, Michael? Uh, you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask him. We can't ask him. He's obviously sick. <laughs> so am I. So, so it's not. It's not possible. Amazing how you've developed a cough over the, the course of the last three quarters of an hour. It's uh, a shame because he's generally the only interesting thing about Watford. Yeah. What? Are they, what is it? One all. Back down at their place, Snodgrass equalised in the last minute, didn't he? Not uh, just the last minute, with the very last kick of the game, indeed. penalty. But they are... Imagine if that had happened at Millwall. Imagine how much how they'd be kicking off if we'd, <laughs> if we'd scored a penalty with the last kick. They're in decent form, but they are 13th, three points behind us. Actually, we'd better be careful with this, not to underestimate them a little bit. Last well, six games... Like we did Forest. Yeah, last six games, four wins, two draws... Scored 10, conceded 5. Last 6 away, 1 drawn, lost, drawn, 1-1. One, one. Uh, they lost 4-0 at Palace, though, which is the significant result as well in that game. Humiliations. Yeah, although being humiliated by uh, Doogie Friedman. 
that's not too bad. Maybe that's just a personal comment. The <laughs> the upshot about this set of games and the remainder now until the end of the season, as perhaps we've mentioned in seasons gone by, is that we just need to win them now. And the maths probably works out at five wins from seven if yeah. we are to achieve a playoff berth. But then looking at the results from everybody else, it, it's not just trying to predict our results for getting into playoffs. It's trying to predict, predict the rest of these uh, unpredictable bastards because nobody's putting a run together. Ready nobody's, now. Oh, well, we'll come on to uh, Reading are a different fish from a, a different river. Watford, don't know what we're going to get. We just, I think you said it right, we've got to be careful that nothing like Forest happens here. Because they've got nothing, the rubbish away, the indifferent form, the manager's got a, a voice like a gravel trap. So you could say most of those things, perhaps about without the manager, about Forest and look what happened there. Heed that warning, Mr. Warnock, heed that warning. Don't just write rash, rash, rash on your whiteboard. They write are, they warning. Are. Imagine you're Robbie the Robot, stand in front of our squad and shout, warning, warning, Robbie warning. The Robbie the Robot Rogers. That's what he might come back as, actually. As a See, robot? Yeah, seeing as he's no longer alive, they may bring him back like Robocop style as a cyborg. Robbie if, the Robot Rogers. If we do that for Robbie Rogers who's never played for us, then why isn't Paddy Kiznobo back in our defence where we actually need him? Get an exoskeleton on the man. Still working on him, still working. But they are, uh, Watford are just mid-table fodder, aren't they? I mean, I know they're only three points behind us, but we're just... We are also mid-table fodder. We're just edging <laughs> slightly higher than mid-table fodder. But beware what happens. I mean, that's all we can say, isn't it? Go out there, turn them over. We need to. The end. Yeah. Oh, as that was the um, the other closing line on Warnock White whiteboard. Enjoy! Exclamation mark. Quite like that as a as his. I wonder if that's his, the end of every game. He surely can't say that against Millwall. Enjoy. Um, on to Good Friday. We are live on the telly box again, away at Reading. I'm at a wedding. On so Good am I. Friday. Oh, well, the, oh no, it's the day before. In fact, you two are getting hitched, and you haven't invited me. They are pretty good. They've got good players. They're in mm. great form. Probably going to get promoted to the Premier League. Instead of West Ham, well done, well played. That's acceptable, but not that. at our expense. No, it, it is going to involve a heavy defeat for us on Good Friday, because they're just unstoppable. We'll win this. No, you always do this, and then you, and then you go and have Listen, dinner, and then we lose. I've, I've got to just keep saying we're going to win this, because at some point I need it all to start coming true. They shall crucify us. Did you see Ian Hart's goal at the weekend? I can't remember who it was against, but he started. Uh, he's not had a classic season in terms of goal scoring. But presumably has defending because he's still been in the team. But he's rocked in a couple of free kicks lately. And then on Saturday, sailing cross to the far post. Who's there to tap it in from four yards? Harty. Ian Hart. Right foot. Never seen a goal like it from him, unless it was an own goal. That's what started happening. They're just going to absolutely destroy us. They were kind at Elland Road on Christmas, just the 1-0. And obviously and also- we're playing a vastly different style now, aren't we? Because um, we seem to have at least the matching of them when Grayson sent us out there. It's funny that I think that's probably a hallmark of his tenure, that there were loads of teams that we had the matching of and we played really well against, then others that we were just completely shit against. Mm. So that whole dynamic's changed now we've got Warnock in charge because we're not quite sure which Leeds United's going to turn up, really. Yeah, they, they sort of seem like a good West Ham, which I think is why they've just overtaken them because I think I wasn't sure how we'd handle um, Maynard and Cole, but because he only played one of them at any one time, uh, we seem to do all right. Whereas I'm not sure Bromby and Lees against Jason Roberts, the Fondry, Hunt, Church, and then you've got Mackinough and Kebby running around. It's a lot They're of attacking firepower. Because of our fullbacks, our pedestrian fullbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And if I was them, I would be worried as well having to go past Robinson. There's a definite leg break and a red card in his Leeds career. Unless he gets up another knock and we have to suffer Danny Pugh's attempts at left back again, then we might as well give up at that point. Yeah, we're going to struggle here. Well, Good Friday, I am away at that wedding and I am mm-hmm. going to the wedding of a Derby fan, which segues nicely into the game that is happening on Easter Monday back at Ellen Road against the Rams. And I'm glad actually that the uh, wedding is before this match and not after it, because if we lose to Derby... It could be difficult because the wedding is in Derby and there's going to be loads of Derby fans there. There's nowhere else to go in Derby. Apparently, if somebody gets married in Derby, the whole town comes out to see them. <laughs> oh, so you'll be repent at leisure, young day. man. Repent at leisure. Well, I don't have to repent about anything. I once spent hours trying to find somewhere to park in Derby. Got lost on there in a ring road. It was very embarrassing. Talking about humiliation. Spent three quarters of an hour just going around in circles because every time I came off, um, a junction off the ring road I found myself at more wasteland but it was different wasteland and that's what I couldn't understand nothing to say about Derby County though Nigel Clough's still the manager 
Talking about teams that are hot on our heels, um, they are 12th, two points behind us currently. They've got a bit of a hex on us at the minute, haven't they? Well, they beat us on Boxing Day anyway, <laughs> and the back end of last season, and the opening game of that season. That fellow who won X Factor scored. Shane Ward, yeah. That's his goal, you see. That's yep. No, good. That's, yeah, very good. Yeah. like that? Okay, good. We'll, we'll keep that one in. Um, we need to give these lot a spanking. And chatting to my derby mate, whose wedding I'm going to, um, I watched the Leicester game with him on Sky because I went down to his house before we went off on his stag do recently. And he was saying they're rubbish, really, and Clough hasn't got a clue. And yet, they'll probably beat us. Uh, no, I think we're going to exact some um, Millwall star revenge. No, we finally got a winner got over Millwall. We're putting a few of these things, uh, putting a few away. We'll beat Derby. I wish I shared your confidence. Well, what do you think's going to happen? I don't know. I don't like us around religious holidays. I always think I always think we do badly when we have little clusters of games like this, like around Christmas and stuff. I always I always imagine us doing. I don't know if it's the stats bear it out, but I always think we do badly. You know, when you look in there, if you get a really posh diary and it has all the sort of Catholic saints days listed in, do you think we should for the fixtures for the rest of the season? We don't just preview. Here's Watford, Reading, Derby. We're playing them. We should say it is on the feast of the saints of uh, of Beirucci, which may may be a place in Italy. It may not. And, we, are and we, we criticizing say, Ken Bates for the religious context? And no, we're going to we're going to be giving. No, I just think that maybe we should find out which saints owns the day that we're playing on, pray to them, and perhaps we can get some divine intervention. And that way, we'll have um, we'll have all the Jesus Christ, Joseph, Mary, and all the saints on our side. No, we can't lose. Worth a fucking try. It's better than Warnock just hoofing it at Becchio. Let's get the gypsy back to piss in the corners of the ground first. I think that's probably a, a better plan. So let's wrap this three-game spell up. Watford at home, Reading away, Derby at home. As we said about the Watford game, they're all just must-win games now. Reading is probably obviously the hardest one to try and achieve, but they're all difficult games at this level. Draw, to, lose, win. To chuck a cliche in there. Mm. I say win, win, win. You Again, it's deja vu. It will be right eventually. I, I've just given up on putting any sort of sensible predictions or thoughts into the games now because as the 7-3 proved, it's pretty pointless trying to uh, contextualise what's going to happen with Leeds United. Embrace chaos, my child. Indeed. Stuff will happen. We'll draw with Watford, still somehow be in the playoff chase. We'll lose to Reading, we'll still somehow be in the playoff chase. We'll beat Derby and that'll probably be the game where we drop out of yeah, where everyone wins, yeah. Yeah. Let us move on then to the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award. You're going to give it me again, are you? Is that what you want? Want to give me it again? Because I can make another 7-3 well, happen. If you, if you carry on like this... Well, what have I done? I didn't... I'm not... Well, first of all, let's give Ken his nomination. Have we got anything we can give Ken a nomination for? The AD stuff. Yeah. Because he's really ramped it up. I mean, it's just ridiculous. When you get an email from the club and he's got all the dates, he's got AD at the end, and he just... It, it makes me want to just... Burn the ground down. It's just, it's not, just stop. Ken, carry on owning the club if you have to. Don't spend any money on players if you really don't want. Build a hotel if it's going to make you happy. Just cut the OD nonsense. Just stop being a tedious prick. Yes. That, well, I mean, that could apply to any of us. <laughs> okay, further nominations in this category. Gareth. Who, sorry? Gareth. It's the, how it's, it's we're getting, all, we're getting all biblical again here. It's the way um, he's, I presume his parents some reason chose to spell the name Gareth. Gareth who? Uh, uh, McClary. <laughs> Gareth McCleary. Spell that bit right. Yeah. Uh, is his, what's his first name with two A's, is it? Yeah. Gareth. Gareth with two A's. I've never I've actually, seen anything like it. I've actually got a friend who is Gareth with two A's. His parents, simple. Um, they're all right. It has to be. It's a default nomination, really. He played too well, frankly. Some of the goals Forrest did score actually were outstanding. The one straight after the penalty... Who, Although from, if Lonergan had moved... Yes, well you could say that about all seven of the cops. Yeah. If Lonergan had been in the right place, are we going to nominate Lonergan? If he'd been in the right place and or moved for any of the... Any or of had the, bigger hands, maybe. Uh, yeah, or stronger hands. Um, maybe he's worried about his fucking broken little finger. Then <laughs> one of our nominees, one of our four nominees for Player of the Year might have been able to keep the score down to a dull six or six or five. So we'll, let's stick Lonergan down in there. I think he's all right as a goalkeeper myself. Anyone but he's else? nominated. He's on the list. Millwall fans, by the Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. They have to. It's, and fairly, it's a fairly uh, slim pickings this week. Yeah, well, not. So we'll throw in Millwall's administrators just because they've got funny names. Andy Ambler, Dino Standing, Charlie Taylor's got a proper name. They ain't got nothing. The uh, Norovirus. I'm nominating the Norovirus because it's um, 
killed Oddie and it appears to be taking Michael out as well. Mine is a cold. I, I am not shitting. It's worth, <laughs> it's worth mentioning. Not, not at this moment. Yeah. Not at Yet. this moment, no. Yeah, no, I fear for what's going to happen to me and Dan after being in a, a studio with you for the last uh, seven hours while we put this <laughs> together. Hayden Fox, just because I was reminded of his existence this Again, week. no, it's got to be a fortnight. Fortnight thing. I was reminded of his existence in the last fortnight. Warnock, uh, for sorting the defence out so much that we conceded seven. If I got it last time on such a... All right, well, put Warnock a in as a, as a means to balance out you taking the award last time. Warnock and... Ronnie Jepson, who I noticed came in, he's his assistant coach, and he used to be absolutely brilliant on Sensible World of Soccer. He's been an absolute hidden gem, loads of pace, and um, and now he's coming as our coach, and uh, and we're losing 7-3. Okay, then, let's uh, run through the nominees. Ken Bates for AD, all that bollocks. Yeah. Uh, Gareth McCleary for his ludicrous name spelling. Um, Andy Lonergan for not quite being good enough, mm-hmm. against Forest anyway. In particular. Um, yeah, and we should say that the Millwall penalty save was outstanding. To, yes. get all the, to get all the way down there and have a hand strong enough to put it round. <laughs> In mitigation. Um, Millwall fans, just for being a set of attention-seeking tossers. Yeah. Millwall's administrators for having silly names. The Norovirus for claiming Oddie's life. And Warnock... <laughs> and soon Michaels. Yeah, Warnock and Jepson for overseeing stuff. Yeah. D- defeats. Congratulations, Gareth. Is that who we're giving it to? Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. I don't think we can give it to the Millwall fans because that would be then bowing to no. their... Uh, I think we should also Millwall actually, win a trophy. I like Millwall. They're a fine family club. They well, are They are in fact the Football League family club of the year, aren't they? And one of the things well, I love about that is that some of their fans think that's an inside conspiracy. Um, I was reading one of their uh, complaints about it. It said it's all um, it's like an inside job. They want to change the culture of Millwall. Of course they want to change the culture of Millwall because the culture of Millwall has been, been horrible bastards for the last... 40 years. Of course they want to change the... Oh, they're really trying to change the atmosphere down at the den. Of course they bloody are anyway, because you can bring out turkey flags and getting in everybody... Anyway, still, lovable rogues, eh? Gareth McCleary's having it then, is he? Yeah, yeah. he's won everything else this week. Well done, Gareth. Our dignity. Uh, move on to any other business, the final wrap-up section of the podcast. Um, we need to give a quick apology, don't we, to Darren Aveyard who we mentioned on the last podcast. But last podcast, we were wishing him a happy birthday. Yes, we, but we got his birthday wrong. What, we is said, it not that week? We, no, we said he was 50, when in fact he's 49. Sorry. Ouch. Well, Sorry, Darren. Happy 49th. Good luck for the 50 next year. We'll mention it next year. Definitely. We'll be happy to share your 50th birthday with the world. And with that out of the way, we'll quickly tell you about issue nine. Gosh, we're getting towards the end of the season. Issue nine of the Square Ball magazine is out for Derby on Easter Monday. It's going to be good. It's rapidly coming together. With uh, we were emailed during this program. That's how. That's how now we are. That's how now we are. I mean that that article's not finished yet, but at least it proves somebody's thinking about something they might write. Yeah, loads of entertaining stuff going to be in that. It's a little way off yet, but um, it's look out for that. Oh, it's closer than you think. Easter Monday, home to Derby. It's going to be out for that, and then the final issue, issue ten of the season, will be for the final home game against Leicester City. Oh, a promotion playoff glory. We'll sell some more during the playoff yeah, matches. Yeah, the playoffs, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Get in touch with us. That's the final thing to say. Uh, you can email podcast at thesquareball.net. You can tweet at the squareball. Grab us on Facebook too. Just search for the squareball on there. Should we say bye then? Thanks. We've all got to go and visit Oddie's graveside. Bye-bye from me. Bye from Michael. Bye-bye. And from Moscow White. Goodbye. And from Oddie. we'll return in a fortnight have a great fortnight we look forward to claiming nine points we'll speak to you soon bye bye the square ball podcast supported by thegeldedend.com okay here's the situation our daughter mia is leaving for her first sleepover we have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.